0: I feel the presence of this this cultural pressure to always be projecting total positivity. Like everything's great. My career is great. Um, and it's bullshit. Can I say bullshit on this podcast?
1: Welcome to The Resistance, a podcast that features honest discussion with meaningful artists about the opposing forces we all face when moving toward our better selves. I'm your host, Matt Connor. Here's the thing about Resistance. It doesn't care who you are. Theodore Shapiro is, by anyone's definition, other than his own, a tremendous success. As a film composer, he has scored dozens and dozens of movies From The Devil Wears Prada, to Marley and Me, to Ghostbusters, to Tropic Thunder. His resume includes box office smashes, and he's worked with some of the most popular directors today. Unfortunately for Theodore, none of this has stopped the Resistance. I love this episode because Theodore is so open and so honest about his own relationship and battles with the Resistance. He supposedly reached some pinnacle of success where you wouldn't expect Resistance to live, And yet there it is. He's successful, yes, but not in the ways that he wants to be. He's accomplished so much, and yet there's still a hunger for vocational fulfillment. Really, it's ego versus contentment, a battle we all face. That tension is so relatable. Even now, I can think of ways in which I should be content with my house, my family, my own job. Yet even still, I wrestle with wanting to be somewhere or even someone else. What do we do with that energy? How do we face that resistance? Do we listen to our ego? And how do we maintain our healthy boundaries and perspectives, even as we're trying to strive with all we can toward excellence? Our conversation with Theodore opens all those doors and doesn't offer easy answers. I would love to begin the way that we're beginning all of our season one episodes, and that is to make sure that we're on track with our source material, which comes from Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. Pressfield writes this, Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two stands resistance. I'd love to know your relationship to that or your response to that at this point in your career.
0: So I have two, two ways of answering that question or, or, or or responding to that material. Um, The first is, is that in, in a lot of ways, I feel really fortunate that um, having sort of made the leap into becoming a, a film composer, which is really what I wanted to be doing. Um, I find myself incredibly lucky to be to be doing the thing that I love, and I go to work every day, and I I really enjoy what I do. So so I feel fortunate on that level. On another level, I would say that for me, what the resistance is is that the direction that my career has taken has been a little tricky in the sense that because I've had a lot of success working on uh, comedies, it has limited my opportunities to work on different types of films. So for me, that's the challenge is that I see myself as somebody who would be a great choice to work on any movie. and um, but But the choices that I've made, while they've led to this very kind of healthy and in many ways enviable career has also closed down da- not closed down but it, it's made more challenging the path of working on other films um and and having a broader palette of types of stories that I get to work on
1: i've read where you said in other interviews that the dramatic film is is more representative of you in your own personal yeah taste and where you'd like to go. So that's true. And that's what you're saying here here now. I, I, I don't
0: want to, I don't want to, um, kind of reinscribe the, uh, the sense that like drama is greater than comedy, you know, because I'm, I, I, I love comedy and, and I've worked on some truly great ones that have been joyful to work on and for which I've gotten to write music that I'm really proud. Um, like, I, I'm loathe to, like, jump on the bandwagon of placing drama on a higher pedestal. At the same time, the movies that I like to go see are certainly um, probably a little bit less um, less mainstream. I'm looking for a better word than that, but I can't come up with it. Uh, less mainstream than, than many of the ones that I have worked on, um, and... Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's hard when you feel like you're not considered to be an appropriate choice for the types of movies that you would like to go see as an audience member.
1: Hmm. How do you, you know, I mean, I've heard that when I've interviewed actors or actresses in the yeah. past as well, where you get typecast or pigeonholed in a certain way. Uh, certainly, like show business in general is so competitive that like like in the past conversations, I'm referencing only conversations I've had in the past. Certainly, nothing I've heard or read from yeah. you. But those conversations, being, you know, hey, opportunities come so slowly. It, like like being choosy when you're just starting or you just moved to Hollywood is yeah is a, a luxury. So of course I I took that commercial. Of course I took that comedic gig. Course, like yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. And then pretty soon I become known as that girl that guy yeah. that role is the same true in the world of composition and and that's what you're it, feeling
0: it, it is it is true I mean I think that the reality is that you know there there are a lot of there are a lot of gifted composers in in Hollywood and so if a film is looking to cast the role of composer on a film um, it's certainly common for the studio, and in some cases, the director to feel more comfortable when they hire somebody who has shown that they can do that specific thing in the past. There are all sorts of exceptions to that. There are certainly situations where you have a director relationship that enables you to, to transcend those barriers. And and look, I, you know, I, I just myself scored two movies in, in the past year um, that are outside of, you know, that are outside of the, uh, uh, of the genre that I often work in. So, so, um, you know, so these things are not, you know, hard and fast boundaries. And there are always ways to get around them. But it is challenging. You know, in my own career, early on, I, I started out doing a bunch of comedies. Well, actually, that's not even true. I was doing a, a broad range of independent films early on in my career. And, and I, I had done this heist thriller um, directed by David Mamet called Heist, uh, starring Gene Hackman. And on the basis of that score, I got hired to do the film Old School, Um, Which, uh, you know, like, this is the kind of thing that almost never happens. It's like you do you do a dramatic thriller score. And on the basis of that, you get hired to to do something in a completely different genre. Mm -hmm. But it just so happens that what you know, what happened was, I did this, this kind of dark heist score. And and on the basis of that, got the job for old school. And at the same time as that, I also did a couple of other comedies, one that was directed by a very, very good friend and collaborative partner of mine that was also a comedy. And then the director of Old School did his next movie, and I did that. And a momentum built up. And pretty soon after that, I passed on, you know, there was another comedy that came up right on the heels of that, and I I passed on it just thinking like, okay, I, I, I can't just keep doing comedy. And that movie went on to be like an enormous success. <laughs> and uh, so, so it just felt like, um, I felt like I, I had a number of situations in my career where when I tried to make the pivot and say like, okay, I'm going to stop doing comedies for right now, the movies that I passed on became gigantic hits. <laughs> And so it just felt like there was this inexorable momentum. And I ended up adopting the strategy that, that the way to navigate this was they say that like, if you're, if you're whitewater rafting, not that I've done a lot of this and, or, or if you're in an undertow, if you get caught in an undertow, swim with the current, but like slowly make your way over to the side. And, and, you know, so that, that's sort of been my, that's been my strategy with, with all of this is to just swim with the current and try whenever possible to make my way over to the side. And, um, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say that this year has felt like a, a good year in that regard. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's good. Can you say what, what that movie was that went on? Uh, yeah, it, Wedding crashers.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the tension that you're describing because you're not in any way coming across as ungrateful for the position you are. In fact, you've, you've stated the opposite. I know I'm in this enviable position. I'm, yeah. I'm in this good place. I've, uh, you know, you've put in your time. You've you've earned the position that you've earned. And yet, at the same time, the longing to maybe do some other things or to have been involved uh, or to be sort of positioned in a, in a different way, I think is a very real tension where people don't want to really be honest about that in fear of coming across in that way. But internally, has that been something that you've wrestled with? How do I remain thankful and and present with the work um, while also
0: keeping my eye on where I want to go? I mean, it, I wrestled with it constantly. I, I feel the presence of this, this cultural pressure to always be projecting total positivity. Like everything's great. My career is great. Um, and it's bullshit. Can I say bullshit on this podcast? Yeah, you can absolutely say anything you want. On this yeah. Podcast. I mean, it's bullshit for everybody. Um, and many people, you know, still put that out there. And, um, I think that I, I'm not really, a I'm not really a big social media person, but I think that the The presence of social media has only amplified that dynamic. You know, Mm. I, um, I have a healthy ego and I think I'm as good as anybody out there. And so it's painful to feel at times like, uh, like you're not really a logical choice for, for certain types of films, um, and that's hard. I feel like I'm constantly telling myself, like, I know I'm I'm, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, and I'm also in pain. Mm. It's a real tension, but I, you know, I, I don't want to shut off either current of that feeling. You know, I mean, I, I, I have to sort of be honest about both parts of it. And, and by the way, like, I never talk about this publicly. So this feels scary to be talking about this in a public forum. Um, but that's... That's that's definitely the reality.
1: Do you feel like maybe that's your best self is your ability to live in that tension? Like I would think it would be healthy to have the ego drive you forward in ways that lead to your best work yet to be unearthed while at the same time staying grounded.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I wouldn't trade the ego for anything, you know, like I need it. Um, And it does drive me to do my best work. Never do I start a project thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna just like phone this in and do do adequate work. Like I, you know, I, I I wanna do something great every time. Ego ego gets a bad rap, but I need it. It's part of who I am and it's part of who I am as an artist. And you know, and at the same time, like I am aware that being present with with the conflict is is important. And you know, if you don't have that part, then then you're just one of those people who's puffing themselves up and projecting something that's not real.
1: Can you think of times when you've lost one or the other?
0: I, I would say I'm, I'm more likely to lose the the gratefulness. Okay. You know, th- there have definitely been times where I've gotten swept up in a feeling like, you know, I'm snake bitten, or, or, mm. you know, uh, you know, none of my movies are successful, or you know, like just just stupid shit. I've gotten a little bit better at, at catching myself in, in those feelings and also like better at just sort of being present with, with the, with the duality of, I am both grateful and, and frustrated. Um, and so that's definitely been something, um, that's been something for sure that I've developed, in the last, like probably in the last seven years or so, um, you know, and, and through therapy that was enormously helpful, um, in, in kind of developing that consciousness of, of being aware of, of how I'm feeling and being present with those feelings. And, um, and yeah, so, so I, that, that's been, that's been a a change for me for sure since i like i'm 40 47 now so i'd I'd say somewhere in my 40s i developed a better sense of that
1: when do you feel most fulfilled in this entire
0: process is it opening night no no it's when i'm working it's when i'm working like i i would say that most of the time when i'm when i'm doing the work. I feel pretty good, and it it sort of doesn't matter what I'm working on. Like when I'm when I'm in my process, and I feel creative, and I feel like I'm having a good collaboration with a director who's appreciative of of what I'm doing. Like I feel pretty great, and my usual mo uh, is that I often feel like everything that I've ever done in the past. I don't really like that much, but I'm pretty sure that this next thing that I'm working on is the one that's really going to be good. And so, I tend to feel a lot of positive energy towards the thing that I'm currently working on, and uh, and I've even actually gotten better about appreciating the things that I've that I've done in the past. But but um, when I'm mid process, I would say that feelings of frustration tend to drift away, and it's really when. You know, when I'm between projects or um, when a movie comes out and people don't like it or or it doesn't do well or, you know, there there's some sort of like industry-based disappointment is when I feel most pained.
1: You sound very confident in your craft today. Yeah. Were you always that way, even going back to some of your first work or... You know, is that that just
0: a result of the filmography that you've built up? Well, it's funny. Like, I I think that I, I think I always did feel pretty confident in my craft. And, (laughs) and, and looking back, like clearly should not have felt confident in my craft early on in my career, (laughs) uh, when I didn't know what I was doing, um, and you know look probably in another 15 years I'll look back on what I was doing now and think the same thing so <laughs> you know I think writing music for picture is is something that takes a really long time to get the hang of and it, it is it is difficult to do well coming right out of the gate um but but I do I do feel confident and I think that Um, yeah, I believe in myself. I think I do good work and I, I know that I have the musical background to do good work. Like, I think I have good training and I understand how to write for, for a lot of different instruments. And I feel, I feel good about that. And I've learned a lot over time. And, um, and so that, yeah, that, that's like, that's an arena where I, I don't feel, um, I don't feel like an imposter anymore. I think I felt like an imposter earlier, but, but I, 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 I don't feel like an imposter. Are you ever stumped? So my version of being stumped is a version where I come in and I do write something like I do get something, you know, I don't, I don't just stare at the screen all day. Usually I write, I get something out, but I know I feel sick about it. Like I know it wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so then I come in the next day and I look at what I'd done and, and maybe, you know, sometimes I'm, some, sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised and sometimes I just think like, Ugh, I've got to go back. And so, so, and then I do it again and that can, that can be a process that goes on a few days. Um, I'm utterly miserable when this happens. Mm. I go home and I can't turn it off. Um, and i just feel, I feel deeply unsettled when I don't think I've cracked the code on something. Um, but, but I, I do tend as opposed to just like sitting and waiting until some, you know, until inspiration strikes, I do tend to like try to work through it by writing but i also often find that what can happen is you know if i'm sitting in front of the picture and writing all day I'll work 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 and then i'll get in the car and drive home and then on the car ride home i'll realize <laughs> what the solution is <laughs> why i've got it all wrong and it's just something that that i could never really figure out while sitting in front of in front of the the picture
1: but that sounds really healthy having spoken with several artists the idea of feeling sick about something created versus feeling sick because you know like feeling sick over nothing having created nothing uh, that feels like a major part of the work is at least getting something out there yeah you know some batch of clay with which to work
0: yes 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 absolutely I think it's I think it's healthy too um, and it's not a um it's not something. It's just the way that I am. It's not like I force myself to do it because I because I believe in it. Um, so it's, it's not like a dogmatic practice, but it is how I approach it, and I and I like that approach. You know, I I I do feel it's a healthy way to go.
1: I want to go back to that analogy that you used. Yeah, you're swimming with the current. You're moving toward the shore and able to land. Maybe some more of these projects that are maybe more in the lane of things that you'd like to be moving toward. Is that working in your favor as you're getting a read on 2019 and maybe some of the opportunities coming your way?
0: It is. Uh, I'm 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 really happy to say it is. Um, I'm I'm going to be working on this movie uh, that another dear collaborator, Jay Roach, is making about Fox News and sexual harassment, starring uh, Charlize Theron and as, as playing Megan Kelly and Nicole Kidman. Wow. Playing Gretchen Carlson and has an amazing cast: Margot Robbie and and John Lithgow Jeez. and Alison Janney. It's, it's it's just sort of an incredible cast. Kate McKinnon. It's it's, it's awesome. Um, and that you know I, I'm couldn't be more excited about that. It looks like it's going to be great. The script is superb, uh, and Jay is uh, a, another wonderful, kind director who I'm privileged to work with. So that's really thrilling. Uh, and then I have a couple of animated films that I'm working on, which I love doing. Uh, and then another movie with Paul Feig. So, so it's going to be a busy year and it feels like a creatively fulfilling year. So, so I am, I'm very grateful.
1: you've been listening to The Resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And for more information and further episodes, you can find us at listen to Our theme is composed by Chad Howitt, engineering production and additional music by Jay Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode, a conversation with Lowland Home.